Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, January 19th, 2023. I'm Mike Chopley. Welcome, welcome to the show. Come on in, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. There are plenty of seats open. There are plenty of seats open. Plenty of seats available for you. So come on in, sit down, get a good seat because there's a lot to talk about. It's a big new. I, they always say this, right? When you watch uh, cable news stations, they always say it's a big news Thursday. Big news. It's always a big news day. Is there ever a day that's not big news? Really? Is there ever a day that's not a big news day? I'm always watching, you know, the cable news. And they're always like, it's a big news. A lot going on today. Is there ever a day where they come on? And they say, ah, there's really nothing happening today. What are you, what are you going to talk about? You know, you, nothing really to talk about. Eh, nothing really to talk about today. Nothing really to talk about. No, that's not the case. Everything has to be a big show, right? Everything has to be a big exclamation. But I think today, I think today I woke up and it was like, you know, one of those days where you just put, you open up. Oh, well, I do because I have no life. So I open up Twitter and Facebook and all the <clears throat> social media accounts. And I see a million things happening here, right? You've got, you've got the big news about <clears throat> Alec Baldwin. I think the shocking news about Alec Baldwin, which we'll get into. Um, you have uh, Biden responding to the uh, his handling of the uh, classified documents. You have, by the way, Biden was in was in California earlier today. He was uh, perusing the the mudslides, right? His perusing. He was he was looking at the result of of two three weeks of basically nonstop rain. But I didn't hear anything. I, I might have missed it. But did, did he blame all the rain on global warming? Because when they come here, when there are droughts and there are fires, it's, it's global warming, right? It's fires, droughts, because there's no rain, and there's no rain because of global warming. Then when it rains a lot, they'll say that's about global warming. Is there anything that's not about global warming? Did you see that crazy rant that Al Gore had about climate change? <laughs> he, went, he went insane. He went insane about climate change. He was just getting all red. It looked like he was going to bust um all those people there talking about climate change who take their private jets who take their private jets that pollute the environment it's so sad it's sad and laughable and pathetic that they can do this just you know they're just mocking are they just mocking us now right they mock us they mock us when they tell us to wear masks and they don't they mock us when they tell us to lock down and they don't. They mock us when they tell us we can't work and they do. They mock us when they tell us we can't get a regular paycheck and they get a paycheck. They never stop getting a paycheck. The, the entire three years of COVID, they never, they never missed one paycheck. And then they mock us. They go and they talk about climate change and they get red in the face. Al Gore gets red in the face talking about atmospheric rivers. <laughs> He's got these atmospheric rivers. The map atmospheric rivers are nonstop now. Meanwhile, the last like three or four years, they were saying we were in a drought. There was no atmospheric, there was no atmospheric river for like the last three or four years. I think if we were lucky, the last five years, there was one atmospheric river event, one day of rain per winter. And they were telling us that that was because of climate change, that there were no atmospheric rivers. Now, all of a sudden, we have one year. I've lived in San Francisco for a decade. This is the first year we've had atmospheric rivers like this. So one year in the last 10 that we've had atmospheric rivers and it could it could have gone on before that where there were no atmospheric river events but there's one year out of the last 10 we have atmospheric river events 
four or five in a row. And Al Gore says, they're never ending, these atmospheric river events. Look at them. It's ridiculous. These people, these people are fucking idiots. They truly are. But they're idiots to make a lot of money. Did you see that Al Gore left the White House as vice president with $2 million and now he's worth $300 million? Hey, Al, global warming has been very, very good to you. Global warming has been very, very good to you, Al. No doubt about that. How did, so how did Al Gore make $298 million since he left office? Anybody have any ideas? Any ideas of how – I think it's because he gives speeches on global warming, right? He's become the global warming guru. So he gives a lot of speeches on global warming. And this is the above-board stuff. There's, there's always below-board stuff these people do. But obviously the above-board stuff is hundreds of thousands of dollars each speech. You know, but he's been out of the White House for two decades on global warming. Everyone has to get their niche. What could my niche be? What could I do? What could be my niche? Like Al Gore's got his global warming, right? Um, other people have their gas stoves now or or electric cars. What what could be my thing? What could be my niche? I don't know. I think about that. But that's how Al Gore's made all of his money from global warming. And and Alarmism, global warming alarmism, like Fauci has his viruses, right? Fauci has his alarmism and fear and hysteria viruses, AIDS and then COVID, and he's made a lot of money off that. Al Gore has his alarmism and fear and hysteria of global warming, and he's made a lot of money off that. Once again, they laugh in our faces as they sit there being flown in on their private jets, which, of course, we know pollute the environment. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the case where once again – the elites are telling everyone else to give things up, right? The elites tell us it's our fault. It's our fault that we – remember, it was our fault we were spreading COVID because we didn't get the vaccines or do the masks, right? It was our fault for opening up our restaurants. That's why we were spreading COVID. It was our fault for going to, like, parades and events. It's always our fault. It's never their fault. And they're doing the same thing with global warming. They get to fly in jets. They get to fly private jets and pollute the environment. They don't have to give up anything. They're not going to give up their gas cars. Who, 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 who are they kidding? They don't give up their gas cars. They don't give up their gas stoves. But they say the, the hoi polloi, the rest of us have to do that. And it's not. It's our fault. We're polluting. If we don't do that, they don't have to do it. But if we do it, it's our fault. See, that's, that's the game they play. It's not their policies. It's not their agenda. It's not them. It's always us. No one ever takes responsibility, right? They always push it on the little people. This might be a show about not taking – I think this might be the theme tonight. It might be a show about not taking responsibility of pushing responsibility off on others. We see it with the climate change activists and flying in their private jets and then claiming the rest of us are fucking up the environment because we want to have a gas stove or a, or a gas car. Or it could be Alec, the Alec Baldwin situation, right, where – Everyone is, is blaming everyone else. Alec Baldwin blames the, 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 gun, uh, the, the gun wranglers. The gun wranglers blame other people. Everyone, everyone's, no one's responsible. A woman died, but no one's responsible. A woman died from a real bullet on a movie set, but no one is responsible for that real bullet getting in that chamber. It got there by osmosis. That real bullet got in that chamber by osmosis. I think this, if, if there's a lawyer out there who wants to call in or write in or whatever, you can give me maybe the, the exact reasoning. I'm trying to find it behind the, the charges for involuntary manslaughter. I'm guessing involuntary manslaughter really means like you killed someone by accident, but there was a, it's not just a straight accident. There was, you, you're responsible for that accident, right? Something you did cause that accident. So you didn't kill the person on purpose. You killed the person on act by accident, but 
you have some culpability in that accident. And I believe that's what involuntary manslaughter means. So the after what, a year and a half? Yeah, a year and a half of looking at the, uh, no one can say they didn't take their time looking at the evidence. They found that Alec Baldwin was responsible for involuntary manslaughter, that the chain of events that led to him shoot. And once again, he shot the gun. So the chain of events that led to him shooting the gun that killed Hutchins, he has responsibility for. He has, and, and also I believe the armorer is also being charged, right? Yeah. And the assistant director was charged with something and, and pleaded no contest. So in other words, what, 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 the, what the prosecutors in New Mexico are saying is that the people are responsible for this. This wasn't just one. In other words, let's say that was a blank. Sometimes they say, don't they say sometimes blanks can hurt you? They do that. They, they can, right? Once again, I'm not a gun specialist. With, with the crime in San Francisco, I might become more of a gun specialist really soon. But right now I'm not. So I don't know. But they said blanks if it's close enough, which is why you want some distance when you're shooting blanks. But let's say a blank may have hurt someone. I don't think a blank could kill someone. But let's say it did. There might be less culpability, right? Because movie sets use blanks. And an accident happened with a blank. But a real bullet should not be on a movie set. There's no reason. For a real bullet to be anywhere near a movie set, which does fake stuff, right? So something happened to get that bullet there. There's a chain of events. There are people. People put that bullet in that gun. There are people who are responsible. Like I said, it didn't just happen by accident, by osmosis. So the prosecutors in New Mexico are saying that these, these people they've named are responsible for death. That someone has to be responsible for a death when a real bullet is where it shouldn't be. Right. So. But everyone is blaming somebody else. Obviously, Alec Baldwin's blaming other people. Uh, you know, uh, he didn't shoot the gun, but that thing he lied. He lied because he said he didn't pull the trigger. But forensic says that particular gun, you must pull a trigger. Yeah. You know, the idea that the person holding the gun causing it to discharge is not responsible is absurd to me, said uh, Helena Hutchins' husband. Uh, but. Uh, that's the whole point. You know, once again, he lied because he did pull the trigger. So that's another thing. I don't think you're not, you're not supposed to pull the trigger, right? When you're an actor, you don't need to pull a trigger. You don't, you don't need to do that. And if you do, you have to make sure there's a, a you know, a blank in the, uh, in the gun. Alec Baldwin said he never would pull a trigger. So he, evidently he has used guns before on sets and he said he would never point a gun at somebody and pull a trigger. But evidently he pulled the point of the gun at her and pulled the trigger because the bullet killed her. So there's, there's lies going on. The gun obviously was pointed at her. I don't think it ricocheted off of 85 things and went into her. The gun was pointed at her. Obviously, he lied about that, right? And not pulling the trigger, he lied about that. So I'm sure the, I'm sure the district attorney in New Mexico looked at those two things and said, well, we have him lying about pointing the gun because it was obviously pointed at her. And we have him lying about pulling the trigger because you have to pull that trigger for the gun to go off, right? And, um, he was also the producer, right? He was also the producer on the on the uh, on the movie at the time. So I think all these things led to the uh, led to the charges. But once again, everyone is blaming someone else. He blames the armorer. The armorer bra- blames somebody else. You know, oh, he says, oh, I just I'm the actor. I just they tell me it's clean. I did. The armorer is like, oh, I checked. It was clean. And you know, so it's like <laughs> no one is responsible. But someone's obviously responsible, or people. At least one person, right, has to be responsible here. Um, so what this also leads to 
is the idea of gun safety and how liberals like Alec Baldwin are always cursing uh, gun safety. They're, they're cursing the NRA and part of what the NRA does up until a certain point, it was all they did uh, before they came became more political. But they would talk about gun safety. So if you're dealing with guns, even fake guns, even fake ammunition, you should know about gun safety. Why are you why do you laugh in the face of people? You know, that's the thing. The left will mock and deride actual gun owners who go through gun safety programs, right? Most gun owners go through a gun safety class of some kind. Or every gun owner I've known knows guns. They've gone through classes. They know how to use them. They know how to take care of them. They know all that stuff. Alec Baldwin obviously knew none of that stuff. And him and his type laugh and deride people who go through that process. Maybe he shouldn't be so quick to deride and laugh at the NRA and curse them. Maybe they should actually, he should have gone through a gun training. If he had gone through a gun training program, if he had been more responsible with guns, the way many on the right are, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Because maybe he would just double or triple or quadruple check. It takes five seconds, right? It takes five seconds. You know the difference between live ammo and a, and a blank? And you check to see if anything's in the chamber? And it takes five seconds and a person would not have died. So there is responsibility here. And the idea for, oh, I'm not responsible. The other guy's responsible. No, no, the other one responsible. This is what we keep on seeing, but the fish stinks from the head down. And so now we're going to go to Joe Biden, who today, while in California, was asked about the classified documents. And he said he had no regrets about his handling of the classified documents. So no regret. He says he has no regrets that he left classified documents in three to seven places. Right now, so far, they found it in three different places. He has no regrets that he left classified documents in his garage, whereas Fakakta's son was all the time, as we now see photos of him using his uh, Corvette, right? So he has no regrets. Instead of just admitting that he did something wrong, instead of just admitting, instead of saying, oh, I should have been more careful, why see a real human being who's not a Tony photo, a, a, a phony half century political liar, lying machine, sociopathic liar would say, yeah, I do it differently. I wouldn't leave. So notice he's saying he would not do anything differently. He would leave the documents whereas for Cactusan or anyone else can get them in his garage. So he's saying classified documents belong in a box next to a Corvette. And then they belong in his library, and then they belong in a building where millions of people go in and out. So instead of just saying, instead of being a real human mensch, instead of a little fucking shriveled up over demented old freak, he could just say, yes, I would. of course I'd do something wrong. I wouldn't leave them in all these places. I didn't do it on purpose, and I, I certainly would not do it that way again. He's not saying that. He's saying he did nothing wrong. But Trump did everything wrong. Is that right? So he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. And he, even as he's saying he would do it again, basically he's saying he would do it again, he's saying he's lying again. He said, we found a handful of documents were filed in the wrong place. No, they were in at least three different places. We immediately turned them over. No, no, they didn't because he had them for six years. That's not immediately turning it over. And no one was noticed. The public was not told about it for two months, right? So we didn't know about this. They found these a week before the election. But they hid them from the public. They hid them from the voters until after the election. And he had them for six years. So he didn't turn them over right away. If he had turned them over right away, he would have turned them over when he left the White House. So he's a total liar. This is not immediately turning them over. And on top of that, 
He says they're fully cooperating. Well, so is Donald Trump. He claims he was totally cooperating. So Donald Trump also claims. So why is Joe Biden's claim valid and Donald Trump's claim is not valid when we know even more details about the Trump thing, right? He had only been out of the White House for a year and a half as opposed to six years. He was president where he could declassify them. Biden couldn't as vice president. And we know that Trump was – they were there. They were there collecting the documents. They told him to put a lock on the room where the documents were, meaning they were in one place, not three to five places like Biden. One place in a private residence with guards and secret service that no one can get into. We know he was cooperating because they told him to put the lock. They, they knew the documents were there. So you see, it's not like Donald Trump was hiding those documents. They knew they were there. They were going through them. They asked him to put a lock. If they didn't know they were there, would they have asked him to put a lock where they are? So we know he was cooperating with them. But someone like Joe Biden most likely said, here's our opportunity. Yes, we know this is a normal thing. We know he's cooperating, but we can still technically get him. Let's go after him. And so Garland did it. Once again, Biden wants to be, wants to make it look like this is no big deal, but it's his him and his party that set these rules back in August. I agree, and I've and I've told you this many times. I agree, this isn't a big deal. I agree. Documents get mishandled. For some reason, presidents have this fetish where they want to bring some stuff home for memorabilia, whatever it may be, or vice presidents. I don't think it's a big deal, but the Democrats made it a big deal. Okay, once you set the precedent, you can't say now it doesn't apply because you did it. Okay, that's what he wants to do because he knows the people who follow him are so dumb. They'll buy that. Oh, it's bad when once again, this is basically all he needs to say. It's bad when Trump does it. It's not bad when I do it. And hundreds and millions of Democrats will say, yes, Joe. Yes, Joe. That's all he has to say. Doesn't mean doesn't have to make any sense. Doesn't have to be any consistency or fairness or justice to it. But the fact of the matter is, they set this president. These are the Democrats' rules now, baby. You're found with classified documents, you get raided. That's the rule. It wasn't the rule before Democrats. It wasn't the rule before Trump. But now it's the rule. The Democrats set the president precedent in August, and now they have to abide by it now, which is why we're still wondering why that Delaware home and his office at the at that ridiculous ridiculously named Joe Biden think tank (laughs) Uh, um, haven't been raided haven't been raided and what is these things what are these stupid think tanks what do they think about they don't think about anything it's it's a free it's free jobs for friends it's six-figure jobs for buddies of these people who don't even show up and do anything a think tank give me a fucking break another stupid thing about this country does any other country have think tanks what is this think tank shit Joe Biden think tank. But anyway, they didn't raid any of these places. Why not? They should be raided, just like Trump's home was raided. It should be videotaped at night, three in the morning, with armed guards standing outside with Uzis. That That's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen until the Democrats say what they did was wrong. Until the Democrats and Joe Biden publicly come out and say what they did to Donald Trump in August was wrong. This president, sta- this precedent for this president stays. And we know he'll never say that because even in this case where he knows he was totally wrong, he says he did nothing wrong uh, and there's no regrets. There's nothing to be seen there. You know, while he's talking about this, by the way, if you look at the video, 
he's talking about this as Gavin Newsom is standing behind him. I'm trying to see. You can't really see if Gavin Newsom has a knife in his hands, but I think it's over. He has the. That's what he has. He he definitely has a figurative knife in his hand. You know, Gavin Newsom's enjoying this. You know, he's enjoying it. In fact, I wouldn't put it past him to be one of the people in the party who have set this up this way, who have made this come out now because they don't want Joe Biden to run again. And Gavin Newsom, of course, selfishly would like to run for office, would like to run for president next year. So, you know, at least internally, he's giggling about this. And like I said, I wouldn't put it past that he's behind it. But it's absolutely absurd for Joe Biden to come out now and say there's nothing there and I have no regrets. When in, in August, he went on national television and said it, he, he, uh, it, it's beyond comprehension how a Donald Trump could have done this. It's beyond comprehension how a president could uh, uh, misplace classified documents like this. But Trump didn't misplace them. That's another difference. Trump didn't misplace them. They were placed in a very specific area, a very specific area and a very secure area. Joe Biden's the one that misplaced them. Donald Trump knew where they were and everyone else knew where they were. Joe Biden had no idea what these fucking things were. When they turned up in his office at the think tank, he was surprised. Then they turned up in his library. Then they turned up in his garage. So that's much more haphazard than Donald Trump, who knew where they were in one very, very extremely secure place. I'd say Mar-a-Lago is probably more secure than 99.9% of the places, including Nancy Pelosi's estate, obviously, right? Because anybody can go in and and, uh, and fill around with her husband. But so there's a huge difference. I mean, if you want to compare the two, this situation is 100 times worse. It's not even close. It's not even close. It's much, much worse. Yet he did nothing wrong. He would do it all again and has no regrets. But this would extend if you were to ask this absolute demented old fool about COVID and the millions of people he and Fauci harmed and killed for three years. He would say we do it all over again. He has said he'd do lockdowns all over again. Right. He has said that. He said he would do masking all over again. They want to bring masking back on planes in 2023. He would do the vaccines. By the way, did you see that reporter who went after Borla and asked those questions that, of course, no one in the legacy media in this country has the fucking balls to ask about the shit vaccine? I love this reporter. He said he's going to give back all that money because he can't give back the lives, but he can give back the money, the billions of dollars that every that we all spent our tax dollar money and the money's all these countries spent. He said all the monies these countries spent on your useless vaccine, on your ineffective vaccine, he said. And he should have said unsafe also. And Borla was running away from him, running away, running away. He said, why does every other company have to back up a product, but you don't? That's what the reporter said to him as the guy scampered away, as Borla scampered away. You couldn't write movie villains as rich as these people, as Borla, as Klaus Schwab. You couldn't write movie villains like like Justin Trudeau and Tony Fauci. You couldn't write movie villains like this. These are the perfect movie villains. Unfortunately, they're real people. They can't just be erased from a, from a, from a screenplay. 
But once again, there's no responsibility. We didn't do anything wrong. We would do lockdowns all over again. Never mind all the data showing they would they were disastrously ineffective and harmful. Never mind the vaccines were never effective or safe. Never mind that we keep on getting more and more information showing us how useless masks were. Never mind all that stuff. They would do it all again. He would do the lockdowns again, the masks again, and the vaccines again. Exactly the same way. There's not there's not one thing. There's not one thing. Now, only a, a worthless human being could actually say that with a straight face, that there's nothing they would change uh, what they did about COVID. There's nothing they'd change with policy over the last three years. Nothing they would change. It shows the empty soul. It really does. Someone showed a photo of that bitch in New Zealand who, who retired because she was going to lose. And they showed a photo of her like over the last 15, 20 years and how ugly she got. She was very pretty. And then she got very, she's, right now she's very ugly. And that's because when your soul is rotten, you start to rot on the outside. I, I truly believe that. I believe when you have a, 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 a rotten soul, you begin to, that will begin to manifest very quickly on the outside. And that's what's happened to her. She has a rotten soul. She has a rotten, and she can't even, she's not even woman enough to admit that the reason why she can't run again is because she'd lose because of her fucking COVID authoritarianism. She says, oh, she's tired. How old is she? She's tired. She's like 80 years younger than Biden. He's going to run again. So it's all bullshit. These people don't have any humanity. There's no humanity to say I was wrong. There's only humanity. There's there's nothing there there. There's There's no substance to them where they cannot admit being wrong about anything that it's so blatantly obvious to the masses that you're wrong about something. There's not even any, there's no, there's no opinion needed. There's no polling needed. They were wrong about lockdowns. They were wrong about masks. They were wrong about the vaccines. We have tapes of them. We have tapes of them over the last three years proving how wrong they were. Tape after tape after tape over the last 36 months proving how wrong they were. Day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Yet they still say they did nothing wrong and they would do everything all over again. That would be like Hitler saying he did nothing wrong and he'd do the Holocaust all over again because Jews deserve it and they're disgusting. Would people buy that? Would people stand for that? It's, it's insane. It's truly insane. You say, I, I, I can't believe a president would handle classified documents in this way. And then you do it. A few months later, we find out you do it. And then you say, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I do that again. I, I, as he mishandles classified documents with a straight face because he's a 50-year liar, so he's used to it. It's like a good actor. After a while, you know, right into character, he goes right into the lies and says, oh, I, you know me. I, I take classified documents seriously, Jack. I take him seriously. Well, you don't take him seriously if you put him in a box where your fucking crackhead whore son can get to them. That's not taking it seriously, Jack. Not taking seriously, Jack. Kind of malarkey. So, yes, we have a theme here, right, that I've set up where people just and like I said, Biden has no regrets, but unfortunately, 300 million people do. Okay, maybe not 300. Should be 300 million. Only 30 million infants who have a 30 million under eight years old shouldn't know what's going on. But the rest of the country should know by now he's full of shit and have total regrets. Oh, the fact that this guy is in the White House and at least for another two years 
let's put it, have the most for another two years. What else is going to pop up? So if they found these documents in 75 places, is that okay? Is that okay if they find them in 75 places? How about 130 places? Is that okay? Is there a number? Is there a number where Joe Biden says, I made a mistake, I wouldn't do it this way again, I have regret. I have regrets that my documents were found uh, in, the, in, a, in the rest stop at the Phillips rest stop in Sacramento. I, I have regrets that happened. Okay, now I have regrets. So how many places do they need to find these documents before he admits doing anything wrong? But like I said, a half century of lying gets you this. He's a, he's a pathological liar. The man has been lying since you know, I love when they have stores or restaurants as you know established in serving great foods and lying since what nineteen seventy one. Joe Biden lying since nineteen seventy since I, the year I'm born. He's been that's how long this guy's been lying since the year I'm born. It's a long time, and I feel it now. He's following what the lawyers have told him to do. Well, he follows what everyone tells him to do. He has no brain of his own. He has no brain of his own. Obviously, the man has no brain when you leave documents in a place where your son, where your your, your crackhead, whoremongering son lives. And did you see that little bit? Something that's gone only mentioned on Fox and only once is that there are papers that show that Hunter Biden, as you want to heard this little morsel? was paying his father $50,000 a month to stay in his house. He was renting that Delaware house, nice house, nothing, it's not a mansion, for $50,000 a month. Who the fuck pays $50,000 a month to live in a house? Who the fuck pays their father $50,000 a month to live in their house? Why was Hunter Biden paying the big guy fifty grand a month to live in his house? Well, because we know that money was coming from other places. It was, it was being funneled, right? It was being laundered. It was being funneled through the house payments. They were going down. Hey, Jack, just put down, you know, pay me 5000 rent and the other 45000 from Ukraine, whatever you got there. Send it through the house. Make it through the house payment. You know that's what happened. $50,000 a month. We don't even pay that here in San Francisco, let alone for a fucking house in Delaware. But no one talks about that. Do you hear people on CNN? Do you hear fucking Joy Reid, the racist of racist? Joy Reid, everything's about race. Everything's race. You hear talking about how odd it is that a son would pay their father 50000 a month to live in a fucking house in the middle of nowhere, Delaware? Of course not. But you would definitely hear about it. My friends, my friends, you would definitely hear about it if it were Donald Trump Jr., if Donald Trump, if Donald Trump Jr. were paying his father 50 grand a month to live in Mar-a-Lago, a real mansion, a real estate, you would hear about it. But here, crickets, nothing, nothing. No investigation into that. Nothing. No, it's perfectly fine. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Look, we know this guy is a thief. We know he's a con artist. We know he's corrupt. 
We know they're all corrupt. We know that. There's no doubt about it. And that's what they hated about Trump. They hated that he wasn't part of their corruption. Forget about if you believe Trump was corrupt in his business dealings before he was president. There's no proof of any of that. They've tried to find proof, haven't they, for like a decade now, and they can't. There's no they, remember they went oh with tax returns, tax returns. What do you hear about oh tax returns and the tax returns come out? What happened? What happened to the left? What happened to the Democrats? What happened to the legacy media? He released his tax returns and, and nothing. Nothing. Why not? Why aren't they talking about that? Because there was nothing there. So no matter what you believe though about Donald Trump and his business dealings, he wasn't a corrupt politician. And that's not that you can't enter their world. Unless you're a corrupt politician, a lifelong corrupt politician, you're not allowed in their world. And that's one thing they hated about him. He wasn't in their world. He came from outside their universe. And they want to do everything they can to destroy him before he was president. And certainly because he won, they want to destroy him times 20. So what they do is they make up things like this documents thing and then they get caught because then it becomes their game that they set, the rules they set, the standards they set. Either being too dumb, too naive or too arrogant to realize that their people do it too. That their guy was going to do had, had probably done it also. Maybe they thought because he hadn't been president, he was vice president, that he hadn't done it. Well, guess what? So this is what happens when you are so obsessed with taking someone down that you set the you, – you, 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 you do something you would never have done to any other person and then it comes back to bite you in the ass. It comes back to bite you in the ass. And now they're totally fucked when it comes to getting any kind of – I don't believe Trump would have been prosecuted anyway. But now they're totally fucked in that regard because now they can't. This just negates any kind of prosecution. In fact, as Clay Travis said about a week ago, and I second this 100%, what Merrick Garland will do eventually, they'll, they'll give us some time to make it look like they haven't already decided this. But he'll come out and say – Biden and Trump did basically the same thing. It was messy, but like the Hillary Clinton thing, there's no there's no reasonable route to prosecute either of them. They can't they can't show in they'll use that word intent, right? Like they with Hillary. We can't show intent. And they'll drop it all. Now, were they gonna do that anyway? I don't know, but now they have to. So the Democrats just lost their bargaining chip to try to keep Trump from running again, right? Remember that was gonna be hanging over Trump's head. In fact, it's almost better for Trump now if, if, if Biden runs. Because anyone who runs against Trump who's not Biden can point to the Mar-a-Lago thing. Well, not really. Well, they can, but then Trump, of course, can point back to their own party and Joe Biden, their current president. But it's even more of a case if Joe Biden runs, right? Joe Biden cannot use that against Donald Trump. So Donald Trump's in a very good position here now, all of a sudden. He's in a very good position, not going to get prosecuted. And that Mar-a-Lago thing, which was nothing, but of course became something because of the legacy media, is now nothing again. It cannot be used against him, really, in, in the court of law or a campaign. 
But this is all the Democrats doing. They did it to them. As always, they do it to themselves all the time. And they did it to themselves. Are there two Williams in this room? Am I seeing double? I swear I didn't have any whiskey. I didn't have any alcohol. I didn't even have an energy drink. I'm low energy because I had no energy drink, but I think I'm seeing double Williams. But who knows? Who knows? Hey, I think the world is better with more Williams. Now there's only one William. Okay. Jay Williams. I like the other photo better, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I digress. I digress. I was just seeing double there for a minute. Uh, but this is, once again, the Democrats did all this to themselves. It's their responsibility. They will blame. <laughs> yeah, I'll put you on in one second, William. Uh, they will blame others, but it's their doing. Or, their, or I can say their, their undoing, right? Their undoing. And it's very, it's, I think it's delicious. I think Republicans shouldn't just let them get away with this. This needs to be really delicious. The irony is so delicious here that it needs to be rubbed in. It needs to be really rubbed in. They, you can't take the high road with these people. You can't take the high road with them because they wouldn't take it with you. You know, the, Michelle Obama's bullshit of they go low, we go high. We know that's totally bullshit. They go low, we go lower. I mean, that's the Democrats. There's no one lower than Democrats these days. That, that nonsense. Once again, very, very, very uh, pretty slogans, right? They go low, we go high. Oh, what a pretty slogan. What an Obama-esque slogan. Of course, total horseshit. So you really can't give these people an inch. You got, you got to rub it in, man. You got to push that face in the, in the dirt, in the mud. That We need to see more of that. That's why I don't want to see any Republicans, as, as skeevy as the guy might be, I don't want to see any Republicans going after Santos. Why give the Democrats any uh, – why give them anything? They wouldn't give it to us. If it was one of them, we've seen it many times. They don't give, any, they don't give an inch. They back their corrupt. They, they, they back their liars. Look at the president. Does anyone call him a liar? Does any Democrat call him a liar? Of course not. Don't give them the satisfaction. That's what I want to say of going after someone in your own party because they won't do it to their people. Bill, how are you tonight? We're not. Can you hear me okay, Mike? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. I actually uh, developed another account to see if I could publish. It didn't work anyway, because uh, I do a little call-in room during the day sometimes. And um, anyway, so that's why you saw two pictures. Cause oh, okay. Pictures. All right. And uh, I've, I've learned this phone that I'm using now. Uh, you can hear me better on, apparently. The other one, it's an older phone, so. That's why it's switched. Anyway, so listen, you know what I think, Mike? Yeah. Give him the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah, well, razzle dazzle. I love it. Listen, yeah, exactly. Listen, brother, you know, I, I I appreciate what you're doing, but I just see it as the whole world's a stage. You know what I mean? And the right left wing, they they got the same people behind them, backing them up, and they're investing the same uh you know, big Pfizer or, or big tech or big oil. There's, I don't know. I see things a little differently. Not, I'm not trying to counter your narrative. I'm just saying this is, you know, the way I see it. And nothing happens by accident. You know, I like the razzle dazzle over Mr. Cellophane. I don't want to. It's true. It's true. They keep us busy with this uh, macabre uh, three ring circus. You know what I mean? Well, 
like what I what if you don't mind, what I'd like to segue to is you mentioned the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and uh, but don't forget that those are that's the the lipstick on the pig. That that's a public face to what's behind it. Before that was the Bilderberg Group, and uh, Klaus Schwab is a Kissinger puppet. He was only in his thirties when he started. Uh, the World Economic Forum, although it was under a different name originally, but it, that that's all comes from the Bilderberg Group and Kissinger. Right. Do you right. follow me? Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like the FTX kids. They they didn't start that business, and, and they're just front people. You know what I mean? You know, come on. Um, but um, my opinion, and you got to follow the money and figure out where things come from, where they're going. Now, who's behind the Bilderberg Group? That's the real question, and those are generational uh uh, Kabbalists, uh, started with, uh, if you th go back a little bit in history, you can see, uh, the British Empire, the Western European bankers, uh, you know, um, that really were behind the British Empire and the Catholic Church. Uh, the doctrine of discovery, Pope Nicholas V, that gave free reign for the Western Europeans to basically, uh, even take slaves and invade anywhere they wanted to, to uh, acquire resources. Do you follow me? Yeah. And so this is, goes back even before then. I mean, it's an old story, Mike. The, the, the rich get richer and they, at the expense of the masses. And it's, it's, it becomes um, basically, uh, you see it in the rise and fall of empires over the centuries. Do you follow me? And um, we're at that point again today where we have this uh, ruling class that, uh, like uh, Daniel said, controlled demolition, one of the comments he made towards the end of our talk last night. Um, this is all intentional because, as in my assessment, uh, all you got to do is watch what we, as we described quickly last night, was the progression of outsourcing through from the NAFTA, you know, the brought. North American Free Trade Agreement, uh, into production into Mexico and Canada, and then uh, the Beijing Free Trade Agreement, Asian Free Trade Agreement, Trans-Pacific Pact, and the Belt Road Initiative. If you go to the World Economic Forum, you read what you need to know about the Belt Road Initiative. This is, there's, there's, there's a great scene. Did you remember, Mike? You must remember the movie Network. Because you're I love a broadcast. the movie Network. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I, I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Beale and, you know, mad as hell. You mean Peter Not Finch? Thinking. Peter Finch? Yeah. 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 Peter Finch. yeah. But you remember the corporation scene where he's he's walking up the stairs in the New York Public Library and he's he's seen God, you know what I mean? He's had a spiritual experience and he ends up in a, in a conference room with, um, uh, some, I forget the corporatist, what his name was, but, uh, he just, man, powerful scene. The fellow even who acted it won, uh, nom, uh, well, he got nominated for an award for that one scene. Now you talking and, about, are you talking about Peter Finch? Uh, yeah, is, the, one, the one who yells, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but there's right. a scene where he's in the New York library. He's walking up the steps with Robert De Niro. Right. And you may not remember, he's taking him up the stairs. To not meet De Niro. With, De Niro's not in network. Uh, Duvall. 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 I'm Duvall. sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm confused. Thank you for correcting me. And he's going up the steps and Peter Finch is, you know, he's had this spiritual experience and he's kind of like, I've seen God. And, you know, he's, he's had this revelation and they get him up into a conference room with some 
fellow who's representing like corporate America, a corporatist, and he just blasts them. Yes. You know, yes. He, Yes. Do you remember that scene, the corporation yes. scene? Well, what's amazing about the movie Network is that it's 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 kind of it's even more um, it's even more vital now, isn't it, than it was back then? If you think it's about very it. prescient, yes, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Now, in the seventies, yes. compared to now, so much worse. Now we had real journalists in the seventies. Yes. Know? I mean, now, God, that movie really needs to be brought back on the big screen, yes. maybe because it, God, it's going to come up against what fifty year anniversary soon, but. Yeah. Uh, but it should, because now it's even more prescient. It really is the way things are now. And, uh, you know, I, I often have that urge to stick my head out the window and scream. I was mad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, now we have podcasts to do it. We didn't have that back then. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, uh, he also, there's also a scene where he has the, he has, he has the heart attack, right? He has the yeah. heart attack. All he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, um, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, it is the old razzle dazzle, as you say. There's absolutely a lot of it there. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about that. But I think that we talk about distractions now. Biden is trying to, of course, bullshit and use our our term uh, in his favor by saying, "Oh, this is just a distract. You're distracting the public with this when they want to hear about global warming." That's basically what he said today at that thing with Gavin Newsom while he was checking out the mudslides and stuff, is that he said, oh, people want to hear about this. They don't want to hear about that. And, of course, he's trying to use his own smokescreen. When mm. we know the smokescreen is actually climate change, right? He's trying to do a little switcheroo there. The smokescreen is going and, and, and going to where it rained to talk about climate change instead of talking about this issue, which the Democrats made the issue. If the Demo look, it's it's there's no this is a no doubter, Bill. If the Democrats didn't make this an issue with Trump in the summer, it wouldn't be much of an issue now, right? In fact, I would say if they didn't make this an issue with Trump, we might not even be hearing about this at all, because we hadn't heard about a former president. We didn't hear about what presidents before Trump, and they all done it. Yet it was, it was, never, it was never more than a maybe footnote on the news. It was nothing. No one cared, but the Democrats made everyone care. And now they have to deal with it. Yeah, well, what I like to say about that is, first of all, there's everywhere every president, ex-president is, the utmost security, the Secret Service never leaves them, lest they be taken hostage or something like that happens. So anything in their possession is, there's always surveillance and Secret Service all around them. So this is a part of, again, part of the razzle-dazzle theater. This is all just a distraction on both sides. It's all nonsense, in my opinion. Do you follow me? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, there, look, there are some people who think it's a big deal on both ends. I, I, uh, I know people who think it's not a big deal on both ends. You know, and I, I, rarely, I rarely agree with Geraldo Rivera these days, but he said he doesn't think it's a big deal on either end. And I agree with that. But there are some, you know, who are in like the military, CIA types, FBI types who say it is a big deal and you should be more careful with these kinds of documents. All right, there's something to that. Be more careful. Fine. Slap on the wrist. Say you were a jerk. But this whole thing of raiding a guy's home and making a federal case out of it, it's ridiculous. Putting a special prosecutor in there. It's all, that is the razzle-dazzle, right? That's the show, baby. That's the Chicago right there. That's the show. We didn't need the show. But Democrats wanted to give us the show because it was Donald Trump. But they're not – just like they would give us – Bill, come on. No one has talked about the – that Hunter Biden paid his father fifty grand a month to live in his house. No one talks about that. 
as though, as though it's perfectly normal for a father to charge his son 50k a month to live in his house. Like that's, well, uh, and it's a normal going rate for a, for a Delaware home, fifty thousand a month. It's insane. We know that with money that was funneled from other areas that was put into the house to make it look like that when it came from who knows how many other places, right? Ukraine could be anything. Any business dealings that do with the big guy getting ten percent, and part of that ten percent was in that house payment. But no one talks about this. No one talks about it. Well, I have well, one person in the yeah. media say. Um, your son paying you fifty thousand a month to live in your house? Can you talk about that a little bit more, Mr. President? Jeez. Well, they're not going to do it, Mike, because the, the media. Don't forget, the media serves the State Department. You know, the Smith Modernization Act of two thousand twelve made that very clear, and they're paid by our taxpayer dollars to do that. So, you know, when we're, it's all part of the show. I mean, uh, first, I want to thank. Daniel, he commented me on my voice. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's kind of funny in the live chat. He, not a yeah, bad he, voice. He, he's, he's, you know, we can, we can do a, we can do maybe one week, maybe one Friday, we'll do a little Fosse show, you and I. I'll sing, you'll sing, we'll have fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> we can do the rat pack. We can do the rat pack. Too. Yeah, exactly. We'll do Fosse. We'll do, we'll do you, 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 we just can't do Fosse hands. There's no video. <laughs> we can't do Fosse hands. Yeah. But you know, but you know, you're right though. It is there's a lot of what what do you call this? Uh, you call it razzle dazzle. You can call it smoke screens. Your pomp and circumstance. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. You know, put on a show. That's another old term movie right? yeah. you know, term. Put on a show. But I do think that it's it's just there's something wrong with people who can't say we got we got caught right. We got caught. We did this whole big show in August. And this whole this whole the Hollywood production with the break in and the and the people outside with the guns and all this bullshit and uh, and all that razzle dazzle. And now we got caught a few months later. We got a taste of our own medicine and we shouldn't have done that. And yet these people they're not even they're not even human enough to say we got caught. They can't do that. All they can say is, oh, no, this is not as big a deal. <laughs> This is not that, that was a huge deal. This is a, this is nothing. This is nothing. Nothing to see here. And of course they do it because they know the legacy media will carry their water for them and their dumbass Democrat voters will buy it. Well, you know, I heard Chris Hedges make uh, on Jimmy Dore. He made an allegory to remember you got the Globetrotters and what's the name of the team the Glove? Globetrotters, uh, Globetrotters play all the time. They always play the same team. You know what I mean? They're, they're traveling with them, and they're, they're the opposing uh, shoot. I join a, a senior moment here. You know when you watch the Globetrotters and they have their opposing basketball team that travels with them. Is there, um, is there a name for them? Oh yeah, there is the Globetrotters. Yeah. you're right. Where do they? Oh shit. Let's let's see. You know what? There's some. You know, Bill. There's something called the internet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna okay. go on it. I'll put that. I'll put Globetrotters opposing team. Right. That's yeah, be. yeah. They're, but they're all Globetrotters, aren't they? But they well, don't. yeah, essentially. But they they have to have oh, their the Washington Generals. That's it. The Washington Generals, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, they're both part of the same club, and, Dan, and they're paid by the same Daniel people. Daniel put up Washington Generals. He's not even a sports fan. He hates. <laughs> Yeah, it's very bizarre. He's like, if, 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 yeah. Mike and I had a senior moment at the same moment. Anyway, yeah, so. senior moment at the same moment. That's right. Um, yeah. 
Well, together, you and I are over 100 years old. So that's, that's it. That's it. We can, we, that's a good excuse for it. And it's late. It's late. But, I mean, but, so you see what I'm saying. They're, they're paid by the same guy, and they're really the same team. They, you know what I mean? They just put on a different uniform for the being on the court. And, uh, you know, we know what roles they're going to play. And uh, uh, But the, the point I'm trying to make is it's, it's a production. And so... One could maybe I'm cynical or maybe I'm realistic. Just looking at all, all this political theater and and see it the same way. Um, so in other words, there's no. I wouldn't put it past them to have it even choreographed out, just like you would a wide world. I mean, a, a wrestling match. Do you follow me? And 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 the way they flip sides: who's the villain? Who's the bad guy? Good guy over a career. Um, I know that because really, what I think behind it is. Like we got to again go back to the World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg Group, and the Committee of Three Hundred, according to Professor John Coleman, who's former intelligence, I think, of Britain, if I'm not mistaken. So that would be he would be MI6. But um, so, uh, but I don't have all the answers. I'm just trying to digest it all and, and see it all. The bottom line is the controlled dis- demolition, like Daniel had the perfect phrase, of the American economy because. They, the whole goal was to outsource to, you know, uh, Mexico, uh, China, India, because that's where the growing economies are. And that's where the mass, masses of people live, not 4.3% of the population of the world here in the United States. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so this is the goal, but they have to make it look a certain way for us. So, uh, uh, you know, we could fight one another over it. You know what I mean? But meanwhile, they, they, they got the game plan and the transnational corporations heading that direction. The, the scene in the movies that network called the corporation scene, if you YouTube network the corporation, it pretty much lays it all out. You know, the, yeah. the, there are no borders to the corporations. Yes. Yes. You follow me? Yes, absolutely. No doubt about it. You know, I just saw, wasn't Ned Beatty in that too? He was, wasn't he? I I honestly don't remember the name of the actors and actresses, but um, um, I just remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I just remember loving it from the very get go. It's funny when I was at Fordham in '78. One day I'm I'm trying to get some sleep, and all of a sudden everybody's yelling out the back of the dorm, and it was shaped kind of like a kind of like a U shape, the back side of it. And so it echoed around, and I'm walking outside. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And everybody's yelling, I'm mad as hell. I'm going to take it. <laughs> All these students are yelling, screaming. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was, right. I mean, that, for a while, that was like the slogan, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really was. It was, it was the slogan. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, but you know what? That's almost like nowadays, like, Yelling out the window, and everyone else starts yelling out the window. Nowadays, it is with the, it is like podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Ned Beatty was in that. Ned Beatty was Arthur Jensen. Okay, Arthur Jensen. Yeah, so it was who was that? It was Faye Dunaway, William Holden, Faye Dunaway, Duval, and uh, and uh, Ned Beatty were the main mm-hmm. uh, actors. The main actors in that. Mm-hmm. Um, great film, really great film. Now you maybe want to see it again. Me too. I'm going to watch some clips when I'm when you're done. I'm just to have a laugh before I fall asleep. You know what I mean? You know. But like I said, that's that's. Uh, I don't know. It, it's 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 really just getting to the point now where we have no politician out there who will ever yeah. ever say they're wrong about anything. Not just a politician, yeah. but like a doctor, right? Like a Fauci, technically not a politician, but of course we know he is. But n- no one will say that they were wrong. 
They can never say, is that is that humanly possible to always be right? It's not humanly possible. If you use common no. sense, it's not, it's not humanly po- possible for every person out there to always be right, right? <laughs> it, it just can't work that way. So it, it's, it's, it's really to the point now where, and once again, the fish stings from the head down. We have a president okay. who has lied for a half a century, right? A politician who lied for half a century. And what was his reward at the end of that half century? President of the United States. That's, that's, this is not talked about enough. It's not talked about enough. Yet they want to go after George Santos, a first-term a first term congressman. He's the bad guy. He's, he's the liar, right? He's the one. No one else lies but him. He's the first liar in politics. You know that? The first liar in politics is 2023, and they found their first liar in politics. I mean, it's absurd. It's Mike, absurd. don't you know that you, you always know when a lawyer or a politician's lips are moving that there's only one thing happening to basically lie? Come on. This is <laughs> Oh, yeah. how about George Carlin? I'm, I'm, I don't have this joke down. Okay, George Carlin said something like this. He said, you never see the Ten Commandments in a courthouse full of uh, lawyers, judges, and politicians because it would create a hostile work environment. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, they need to start putting – you know, have you ever worked in a place where they put up, like, the workers' rights, like, in the in the bathroom or in the kitchen? And it has the list yes. of your rights, uh-huh. and, you know, you and you know that that minimum wage has never changed. So it's been like seven dollars, <laughs> right, right. You know? But uh, but uh, they, they they should start putting the Constitution. They really should. They should start putting the Bill of Rights in the Constitution mm-hmm. in workplaces, so more people understand what their rights are. Right. Yeah. More people understand what what's supposed to happen in this country. You know, but. That's basically Bill. Let me let you go. I'm going to get into one other thing here. It's, yeah, okay, Mike. Thanks for thanks. taking. I appreciate call. it. Keep keep brazzle dazzling them, Bill. I'm going to work on it. All right. <laughs> Good night. Thanks, Daniel. Good night. <laughs> oh, Daniel. Oh, oh, your father took you to a game, Daniel. Is that what you said? That's how you knew the Washington Nationals, Washington Generals, Washington Nationals. It's an actual team. No, the Washington Generals. Yeah, okay. I think I might have seen the Glob Globetrotters. I'm just if I did, I was really young. I don't remember if I it was if I I don't know if I saw them on TV or in person, but I have watched them before. Um yeah, so we're talking about Borla, right? Bo- Borla. Uh and how he admitted uh you know it's funny, is this is this Moderna or is this who's this guy? Oh, this is a different guy. Oh, this is a different guy. Okay, interesting. Because Borla is the Pfizer guy, right? I get them all mixed up. They all look, they all look, they all look evil. Okay, yes. Okay. So this is the here. This is the uh, Moderna CEO. We don't hear about them very much. Uh, admit, admit, he admitted to making the COVID nineteen vaccine before the disease even had. The CEO. Of, this is a claim. This is out of uh, Snopes. Oh, I see. I see. This is this is. Oh, I get. Okay. I shouldn't even look at this. Of course, Snopes is saying there was a claim that the Moderna CEO admitted during this WEF that in Davos that the company was making a COVID-19 vaccine in January of 20 before SARS-CoV-2 even had a name. Um, They say it's false. Of course, you can't totally trust Snopes at all. Just because they said it's false doesn't mean like many of the quote unquote fact checkers, they have an agenda of. yeah, it's neither a breaking revelation nor admission that Moderna was working on a COVID vaccine. Uh, in January 2020, both Moderna and the federal government issued myriad press releases at the time, mRNA vaccines like the ones Moderna developed. Yeah, okay. So they were developing M- mRNA vaccines before, but not the COVID-19, the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. 
Banthel. Okay, thank you, Gator. Banthel, that's his name. They don't give the guy a name. I'm reading a story about him, and they call him Moderna CEO. Does not have a fucking name? Okay, so it's Banthel. Okay, we always hear about Borla. We never hear about Banthel. Banthel is a Moderna CEO. Yeah, okay. So, um, the bottom line is, this is all kind of ridiculous. Who cares? This is all kind of smokescreen stuff anyway. Because the fact of the matter is, regardless of when it was started, the mRNA stuff was started to be produced, no matter when it went into full effect, no matter if it was about if it was, if it was made for this particular virus or not, it doesn't work. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't work. It didn't work. It wasn't effective. It's not safe. And it didn't work. Speaking of which, thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's something else I want to talk about. And this is Donald Trump. We've talked about Mr. Trump's flaws in that first year, in his last year of his presidency, in the first year of COVID, by announcing Fauci, by doing the Operation Warp Speed. And since he has not laid off the fact, not the fact, his opinion that the vaccines are his responsibility and that they worked, we know they didn't. But he he continues to continue to push the lie that his Operation Warp Speed saved lives with this great, wonderful, beautiful vaccine. And every time he goes to a rally, and he mentions that, he gets booed. He gets booed by his cult. His cult. He gets booed by his, the people who absolutely love and adore him when he mentions this vaccine as being a positive thing that, that, that he did. And he can't drop that. So even again today, he has said something to the effect of, my, my, my wonderful, beautiful vaccines that have saved lives. You know, basically taking the same, the same lying stance that we hear from Fauci and Biden. And people wonder, well, why the fuck is he doing this? Why? Why does he keep pushing these vaccines and taking response? You know, as more and more comes out, how the vaccines were not effective at all, how you're more likely to get COVID if you get them, how they're not safe now, we're getting more and more side effects and stuff. He's dismissing the safety claims and says he saved. Not only is he dismissing the safety claims, He's now saying he saved 100 million lives. So he's doing the same thing Fauci and Biden do, which is that put up these numbers that you, there's no proof of anything. You can't prove any of this. He just took the, he just, you know, pulled that number out of his fat ass. I saved 100 million lives, he said. So he will not give up on this. Now, there is a good side to this. Yeah, yes. Even even people who are Trump supporters and of the, of the right are saying that the fact that he's doubling, doubling down on the v, the vax is a very big problem. But I had I had asked around and I wondered with Biden now with, with Trump now continuing to push that the vaccines were safe and saved all these lives, especially if he continues this through the campaign. Will this cause the left to finally turn? on the vaccine because they don't want Trump. They don't want to give Trump any credit, especially during another presidential campaign. And as many of us have talked about before, if Trump had come out from day one and said to wear masks, we know, we know the Democrats would have said, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do what this guy says. This guy's an authoritarian dictator. Wants me to put a cloth mask on my face. What a moron. He thinks cloth masks like hydrochloroquine and uh, and sunlight is going to kill this thing. He's an idiot. I'm not wearing a mask. But he didn't, of course. In fact, he often 
joked about how stupid they were. And of course, the left then embraced that and decided they had to wear masks all the time. So I'm wondering, it's called the reverse psychology, obviously, is what I'm getting at. So if he continues, especially now, you see, now the Democrats and the left have a little bit of an in. They have a little bit of an excuse to depart from their pro-vaccine narrative simply because it's been proven not to be effective. And now it's being proven more and more not to be safe. So now they put themselves in a position of being the opposite of Trump, the counter Trump on the vaccine, especially as the campaign gets going. If he continues to push this narrative that they were very safe and saved 100 million lives. Will the left now start to turn on the vaccine and say, look at what he did. It's his fault. Look, he's taking credit for Operation Warspreed. We'll give him the credit. Look at what he did with his shit vaccine that hasn't been effective and is killing people. That's the question. Will there be that reverse psychology? Will the left, the Democrats, start to turn on the vaccine as we go through 2023 and this presidential campaign if Trump keeps pushing how great they were? Gator, what do you think? Do you think I'm making any sense? Uh, I, not entirely. And I think that the, <laughs> I, I think that the first One thing... One day, you're going to come on, Gator, and say you make 100% sense, Mike. Well, but then it, life would be boring, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so, so I think that I think that this is partly related to some of the things that you were talking about at the beginning with Biden, right? So Biden is never going to say, sorry, I fucked up, because it's like an accident. You don't say sorry at an accident, do you? You basically just walk off and then let your lawyers deal with it or the insurance companies, right? And And it's the same with the vaccine. So what's going to happen with the vaccine or the gene therapy, to give it its proper name, is that no significant legal ruling about its efficacy or safety will occur before Biden leaves office. It will simply, the entire significant mechanism of law will be slowed down because it can be, and it will not give any significant conclusions until after Biden is out of office, right? And that will likely, and I will predict that the that the contest will be in 2024, Trump, DeSantis, and and uh, Tulsi Gabbard versus Newsom, um, AOC, and um, who's the other one? Um, not Biden. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I can't think of the most obvious person now, but um, it'll come back to me anyway. And what's and and, and so Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg? No, I'll, I'll come back. Harris, to Harris? Uh, no, God fucking hell, no! I don't think anybody's that that idiotic. Wait um, a minute, I, I'll let you finish, but you, I, I have to stop you for a second. You truly think AOC is running for president? Right. We see this, the way I look at it is that the Democratic National Party needs to put somebody to in to replace what Bernie Sanders is, and Bernie Sanders is nearly dead, right? Nobody's going to go for Bernie Sanders again. I think, I think Biden's right? a lot closer to death, but you're right. I don't think anyone's going to go for an 85-year-old. No. But Bernie, Bernie Sanders is now completely shown up to be a shill to all but the thickest people in the world, right? And so but you still need what is what is labelled as the left candidate because that distinguishes the DNC from the right. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. You think so AOC, AOC is the only yeah. person that they can really do that with unless they suddenly reinvent a left hero out of nowhere in the next 18 months. Well, all right. All right. Maybe it'll be hilarious. I'd love that. It'd be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, but if she can fake, if she can legally fake 
being arrested, right, then basically she'll do whatever she wants. She'll do whatever she's told, won't she? She's, she'll do whatever the DNC yeah, yeah. tells her to. Yeah, yeah, okay. So anyway, that's what roughly what I think is going to happen. And then, and then basically, after that point, once, once whatever administration is sorted out, it will be a little bit like Iraq. Under, underneath, there will be some forms of um, administrative corrections or new legislation passed that immunizes somebody else that wasn't immune before on the grounds that extraordinary circumstances called for extraordinary measures. I mean, and if, if you can do this, if you can post fact immunize the entire Bush administration for the mass murder of people in Iraq, you could do anything you want, right? You could do fucking anything you want. But so, so these two things are very similar. Joe Biden, what I think is happening with Joe Biden is two things, right? First of all, this is the Democratic National Committee saying to Biden, no matter what you want or think, you aren't going to run in 2024. And basically because you've got too much, we've now added to the pile of shit you've already got to deal with. And 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 we we you know you're out of the running right and now they're going to pile that up because <clears throat> I think I said this to you before last time or maybe to somebody else that there's no way that um, your own team would accidentally find documentation after six years and you go you know what shit if people find out that Joe's got this it's totally illegal because he was vice president and he didn't have any rights to have it at all let's just declare it by giving it back it's like no you'd fucking burn them. You'd burn those documents and then go, mm-hmm, don't know what you're talking about. And then he's completely untouchable. You wouldn't give them to somebody, right? If you actually had his interests at heart, right? Well, Matt Gates because... says, it's an, Matt Gates has said just today, it's an, he thinks the scandal was an inside job. And yeah, but also, what what is also going to happen and is happening now is there's going to be a form of contained cover up, because look at the people being positioned to investigate Biden. Well, if, 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 there's, if there's that Joseph Herr, Jonathan Herr or something, he's apparently a complete DNC lackey shill, right? So you're going to get the, the equivalent, the, the equivalent of the Mueller report, but it will be biased heavily in favour of, of Biden. So he won't be, he won't, he'll be let off if he's ever investigated, right? and that will take ages anyway. So, so Joe Biden doesn't have to set, admit to anything, right? Because A, why would you? And B, you probably know you're going to get away with it, right? So, so there's no point admitting anything. Um, and then when it comes to the COVID vaccines, so Trump has got, uh, has got a foot in a camp of people, half, half the people who are not vaccinated. They're not all, all those people who are not vaccinated, let's call it about 100 million-ish. Though, not all of those people are Trump voters, right? But a lot of them are. Yeah. And so he knows that kind of if he goes for a run, he might have a good chance there, depending on what DeSantis's case is. But he also has a load of people who he can still technically possibly appeal to who do believe in the vaccine. So what does he lose by turning openly on the vaccine now? Well, no, if he, if he turns on the vaccine, he's admitting he was wrong. That's the problem. Once again, yeah. no one can admit they're wrong. If he turns on the vaccine, he was Operation Warp Speed. He has said it a right. million times. But here's so, the thing: I want to ask you: the Democrats are going to allow his Demo- the Democratic Party and his opponents are going to allow him to talk up the vaccine that he saved 100 million lives. But they have to, because if they don't, they're admitting liability, which will accelerate the case against them for lo- all their legal investigations. They can't back down from backing the vaccine, right? 
have to allow anyone to continue that narrative and use it to their advantage until such a time as they can essentially enough of them have, 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 have sort of escaped likely prosecution, right? Which, which they will be. The longer this goes on, the poorer people's memories will be, the less public the public will care about it in some respects for some of the actors. Unless there are more and more side effects and death yeah, as the year goes on, sure. But, but, but let's face it, the, further, the more distance you can put between yourself over time, the smaller the obvious number of people who are going to get prosecuted for it becomes. It, and, and the longer it will take for any significant network of people to be prosecuted. So this could, this will be going on in prosecutorial, prosecutorial terms for 10 plus years, right? Because you will still be finding what the, the, there are causal factors triggered by the vaccine that cause injury and death, which don't look anything like the vaccine, which only constant research starts to prove over time. So at the moment, what have we got? Autoimmunity, which I knew would happen as soon as I read the design of the fucking products blood clotting which was known about in 2006 um and myocarditis pericarditis right well it's it's taken three years for myocarditis to be admitted to yes right now we, so, we can that's, argue. that's the most we, obvious one right you one and i can we can one. argue and we will as the year goes on about whether democrats can make a pivot on the vaccines whether they can whether you know it's, it plays in their game or not however one thing that i think we can definitely agree on is that Donald Trump's Republican primary opponents, like Ron DeSantis especially, mm. they definitely have the the right to go after him on the vaccine. Right? Okay, but wait a second. DeSantis is a hypocrite. Go and find me a statement where he said the vaccines don't work or shouldn't be taken. He backed them on a voluntary he, basis. He, he backed them on a voluntary basis. But lately, over the last six months, he has been talking about the fact that they have not been effective, they were they were marketed. He didn't market them as effective. He didn't market them then. Trump did, and 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 Big Pharma did. They marketed them as effective, and they marketed them as safe. And now we're seeing. So what, what all, all DeSantis is doing, which is a which is a, a smart play, is saying he is able to take in new information. You see, he is able to take in new information and come up with a different with a, with a different um, opinion of it now, which is which is wise. None of them, but that thing, none of them will do that other than him. Okay. We, I, I wait, we don't see any you. other person. I partly agree with you. If I go were to attack DeSantis, it's very easy. You just go, okay, Ron, we're going to give you full credit for being so smart that you were credited as being one of the few governors who sat with Jay Bhattacharya and all of these other doctors who told you stuff about the shit, shittiness of, vax, of, of, of lockdown and masks and all this other thing. And you rejected all of that and you took the strongman stance and you were a hero. That proves to me that you were intellectually capable of reading the, F, the, the FDA's EUA documentation, Moderna's own trial, clinical trial statements and Pfizer's and so on. And none of them said that they affected transmission and they all had a sub 1% absolute risk reduction ratio. So why did you ignore that, Ron? You backed and, and literally you can find footage of DeSantis saying, the, the backing the vaccine. But there's no, one, there's no one who is against Ron But Gator, there's no one who has Ron, who, who would run against Ron DeSantis who has the right to say that. Because no one else but, was saying that. Yeah, Do but it doesn't matter. It, 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 it doesn't matter. All I'm pointing out is, is, that, is that... Yeah, you could say it. Maybe I could say it. But no one running against Ron DeSantis, including Donald Trump, is going to be able to say that. that Gavin Newsom's not going to be able no, to say but that. but if they want to establish equivalency to try to reduce his lead on being 
Compared I'm just saying they have no standing. They have no standing to say that. Because they were around and just say, Ron, you said the same stuff as we said about the vaccine. So how can you how can you be backing out yes, of it now? And, and, if you were and, and, smart well, enough to read all of the documentation at the beginning that that you're now claiming no. you knew. That's, because, that's how because, you're attacking. Because the experts were saying at the beginning that they were safe and effective. The but they experts, weren't. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Right? The experts... Peter McCullough was saying, yeah. even Peter McCullough said at the beginning, he backed it for up at the, the vulnerable people, right? But he changed his tune. It took him about six months before he realized that there was a serious problem and he started changing it and eventually started lowering the age that you reckon people should stop taking it. Out. Yeah, but you know, Gator, seriously though, and truthfully, we have to be serious and honest here. There were very few people. I mean, there were very few people who from like the beginning were saying that they were not, they were going to be totally ineffective. No one was really saying that. I mean, they were all going with, they're probably going to be pretty effective. Uh, and especially if you're in a, a higher risk group, you should definitely take it. Everyone was saying that. Even the most skeptical doctors were, were saying that. There were a few of us who wouldn't take it because of this Operation Warp Speed and didn't trust what they were saying because it was done so quickly. But very few people out there took that stance. Okay, but wait a second. Then you're missing a really key point, which proves some of what I'm saying. Right? Take any oppositional doctor that you put on a pedestal. They had access to the Pfizer public data, which showed an absolute risk reduction ratio of less than 1%, which is the only risk reduction ratio that you should be referring to vaccines with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not yeah. one of them referred to it until about six months later, at least, including right. the colour, right? But what... Which tells you that those experts took... Even though Peter McCullough runs around saying, I know 700, I can list off out of my head, 700 papers, which is what he said on Joe Rogan, right? Even he took six months or so to get to the point of saying, oh, yeah, um, the risk reduction is not right. Richard Fleming, who's a very under underrepresented doctor, he's very marginalized for a few different reasons, right? He was one of the earlier voices on this. And then, right. you know, the COVID, the Canadian COVID Care Alliance I've got a whole video on this stuff, analyzing it all. And this is all coming straight from publicly available Pfizer docs that were printed in December, January 2020, right? So, and that even that took a while to come out, right? But, but what I'm saying is this. People say that it took a while for the knowledge to be there that there was a problem. That's a lie, right? You're, you're lying to yourself if you say that. What you should be saying is the information was always there always it was printed by multiple sources as soon as data had to be made available and some of it, it pre-existed by a significant number of years like blood plotting what what the what the issue is is how many people read it and how many people then spoke about it and how much lag time there was between those events right and, and that that applies to everyone and as soon as you start looking at the world in that way what you will realize is two things the gross fallibility of everyone, okay, and the massive ability for people to lie, right? Yes, because of the vagary, I, 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 the vagary and, that all of this sets up. Yeah, in, in general, I do agree with you, but the, the high road, the, the high road, the, the, um, DeSantis, what DeSantis is saying, and he has the right to say this, is that he is now incredibly happy that he made the right decision and never mandated it meaning you didn't have to take it to go to work, you didn't have to take it to go to school, you didn't have to take it to keep your job, 
You didn't have tickets to go any kind of sporting events or anything. He never mandated anything in Florida, and he always fought back from day one about any vaccine mandates. And now look at how important and righteous that stance was, knowing what we know now about the vaccine. Okay, look, I'll, I'll concede, right, that, is, that in terms of politicians' stance, and as far as right. politicians in the West right. go, but you could say it has good positions Right. You could say I had the vision to not make it mandatory because you're never totally sure. And everyone... Okay, but wait a second. You need to look at the number of people in Florida who took it. Okay, because 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 you know what? Not not masking and, and being locked down and losing your job. What are they? They're all basically reversible issues. I'm not I'm not trying to underplay the severity of having your life fucked up by lockdown in lots of ways that it fucked up, but they aren't necessarily a thing that will set you onto a lifespan of maybe five years or 10 years or less or more or instantly. Right, once you've gotten death, the vaccine, you can't undo right? it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now do not make the mistake of forgiving any fucker, right? Who literally says, well, it was a bad situation and we didn't know we were under pressure and we did the best we could. It's like, no, I did the best I could. And I read the fucking stuff, which made me know that this, the last thing I should be doing to myself or anyone I knew is taking this stuff from yeah. the day it came out. Right. No. How the fuck did I work that out? Because I read some documentation. Okay. And, 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 and if you let people off the hook, because no, I, they were too lazy to, 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 to read it, the look, ramifications you know are people. massive. You know, Gator, you know how much I hate people who push this thing and all that, but I don't know. I, 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 and I like Ron DeSantis, but I'm not doing this because I want to be a Ron DeSantis apologist. But I did. I would not expect the governor of, of a state of 21 million people back in October, November, December of 2020 to say, don't get this thing as poison. I wouldn't expect him. I don't know if he'd believe that. You see, I, I, I don't crucify him for that. But, but, but that's not what he would have to say, is it? But wait that's, a minute. Wait. Even again, that's a gross no, oversimplification. No, but what he basically said was, it's your choice. Take it if you want. In Florida, you have the choice, the freedom, the medical freedom to do your own research. That's what he said from day one, Gator, to do your own research and find out if it's good for you or not. What's wrong with that? I, I can't crucify him for that because, like, no one else said that. Okay, but as a leader of people, right, I expect more. Because if, I, if, I, I'm, I capable, expect, I if I'm capable of using a basic bit yeah. of intellect... To but say think... to myself, hang on a second, what no. are these products? Do they work like any other product in the well, history I expect of mankind? Adults no. Able to... Ever been used before in mankind's yeah. history? No. And how have they been tested? Inadequately. On that basis, as a leader of people, I would have to turn around and say, right, I've got concerns that A, I don't fully understand what these things are. B, I'm responsible for leading all of you to do something or not do something, and I'm responsible for large parts of the infrastructure that delivers it to you. C, if I don't know that I can have faith in this, the best I can say is I don't know what these are. I'm not taking it myself until I'm until I've um, looked into it. If you want to do what you want to do on your own basis, that's up to you. That's a totally different statement to saying D Y O R or take it if you want, but we're not going to force you. Totally different, right? I think, look, you and I were able to make these decisions. I think adults can make these decisions. Adults should be able to know to can't. do this stuff. That would, that would mean that half the U.S. population is an infant. Well, <laughs> I, I think our disagreement ends right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, okay. It's just adult, Gator, if you and I can do it, any adult can do it. Right, okay. So, uh, right, yeah, okay. 
I'm 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 of that sympathy, right? I've lost sympathy for most humans now about this. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Personal look, I'm talking about personal responsibility in this show. I, I believe a, a politicians should take personal responsibility. Actors should, but regular ordinary citizens should take personal responsibility for what they do to themselves, right? But well, okay, but that's only if you're if you're a bodily autonomist, yeah. But the, but there's loads of people who don't appear to even understand what that means. And they've basically biofascists who've said who've now been converted by the power of mass media to believe that everybody in the world should just do whatever that individual yeah. feels they should do. That's literally yeah, what these people have been descended to. Okay, Gator, you think they might have learned their lesson from this one? No. And and there's a perfect so proof. What are they of this. worth? What are they worth? They can't learn the lesson this one. No. Perfect proof. There's, a, there's an existing situation which proves that people will not learn. Right. It's climate change. You said it yourself. Yeah. Well, OK. So it doesn't yeah. matter who the fuck you are. The, 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 the logic and thinking inside covid is exactly the same as the logic and thinking inside climate change. Right. Get anyone to comment on climate change. who says, I, I believe it's happening and ask them, what data have you looked at? How have they calculated it? How do you understand these models work? How do you understand stuff in a historic contents? I've never met anyone who has the ability to do it. Right. But they, but the, but the, but people who tell you that they know what's going on with COVID and they know all the bad shit in the world will then turn around and tell you that they know that anthropogenic global warming is real. And then you dig into what they know. They know fuck all, right? Which means that they can't even detect in themselves that they are literally descending to the basis level of of belief system based on fuck all information. And, th and this is the bigger problem, as you pointed out. The fact is that the COVID shows you openly the control mechanism, a mental control mechanism, which most people are subject to and, and works on more than half the people of the world, because the, the vaccine is the absolute proof that it does. Climate change is exactly the same mental mechanism in general terms, but it's been going on for 30 years which means that people are far more heavily indoctrinated and not one of these fucking people has what's called a stop point where they've not worked out, they've not worked out. Could this narrative be false? And if it is, what would I need to see in order to work out that it was false? They haven't got that. So they, they, they haven't, you can't stop these people believing shit. That's how stupid people are. Right. And under those circumstances, you know, Basically, this is why Joe Biden can lie. If if he's done these things really, and he's a fucking absolute moron, this is why he can lie. Because because a, there is no real accountability. B, people are stupid, right? And they can't even hold him democratically responsible because they can't hold anyone democratically responsible, right? And that's why you can do whatever you want once you get past a certain level of wealth and power, uh, because because nothing of meaning applies to you and and you can then turn around and lie your tits off to anyone because most people are stupid when it comes to these sorts of things i know that sounds incredibly misanthropic but that's the fastest way i can boil it down and i've heard this i've heard this from this from amongst people in calling who claim that they're, they're they're really awake and then they start talking absolute horseshit about global warming and then when you question them about what they know they don't know anything it's just, well, hang on. This is the same mechanism, and and it's and it's not just you know. And I, my entire social context context sums all of this up, right? It's just the same thing. 
there are there are people in some some work of my work who don't buy the climate change thing, but that's not because they necessarily have much in um, detailed data. They still resort to very loose, big picture stuff, right? Which is you know at least they're questioning it, but but they still don't go and really start talking and thinking about it. And this is like the only it's only the biggest thing in life bigger than COVID. Well, yes. And and I, I agree with what you're saying. Look, people think they're people think they are aware. Right. And they say stupid things like I say on climate change. Right. Or people will say, you know, I, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm uh, in a, and they, and they turn to be a hypocrite. People say I'm not woke and they turn to be woke. You know, so we see that all the time. But I think. I think there's a very similar once again, I was more of a of a believer in climate change before COVID. But then I saw, right, how these a lot of these same people used fear and exaggeration and hysteria and and and, and just threw the facts out the window and said, you know, political narrative and virtue signaling was everything and the real facts were were meaningless and conspiracy theory. And I I've I've applied that to global warming, you know, once again. There were people like Steven Spielberg, which I mentioned on a previous show, I don't know if you were listening, who thought that the world was ending. He actually thought it was going to be a like a an extinction level thing. This is a incredibly smart man, right? Saying that he thought because of what he was hearing from Doc, from Fauci, and from you know, from Biden and from this, his television set, that it was going to be an extinction level event and everyone he knew was going to start dying, including himself. So <laughs> This is the same thing they use to get smart people to believe in climate change, right? And they say the same thing. They'll say the world is going to end in 10 years if we, if we don't, and it doesn't – and we don't, and it still doesn't end. Okay, it's definitely going to end in 10 more years if we don't, and we don't, and it doesn't end. And it goes on and on and on, but no one calls them on it because it would shatter the narrative, right? No, no one says, hey, Al, I have a video here. When you were vice president in 1998, saying that if we don't do this, 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 and this by 2010, the world will, will, may not be here anymore. Well, 2010 came and gone 12 years ago, and the, no one calls them on that. And it's so easy because there are videos of these people saying these things. Yeah, but there's also, there's also 55 years worth of failed predictions including ice age, new ice ages by, by the year 2000, and then false claims of overheating. The, 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 whole, the whole thing is a fucking joke, right? In, the terms of, in terms of human capacity to actually fully comprehend the scale of some of the problems of these things, right? Now, going to COVID, which is a single, which is a much more containable thing. So I listened to what was going on in, initially. I was, I was watching the rise of this, coming out of whilst I was on holiday in February, right? And and I texted a load of guys at work in a group and said, is anybody bothered about this? Because it sounds like it's on the way to Europe. And they and they went, oh, they've shut down. Oh, they've just shut down the, the flights from the UK to the UK from Wuhan. So that's OK. I went, that's irrelevant. One, it's after the fact. And two, all, you can still get out of Wuhan. So there's, there's still massive numbers of ways to get into the UK or across the world from Wuhan. So that's too, too little, too late, irrelevant. It's coming. Is nobody bothered about this? And they weren't bothered about it, right? And then I was basically sidelined saying, I think you're worried about this a bit too much. So as, as things then picked up and it all turned into the pandemic, I went out and I, and I, and I basically 
looked at, did all the research into if this is as bad as they say it is, what do I need to get ahead of the curve? So I needed a bit or I researched all the effective ways to sanitize stuff, which used using the most basic um, methods, right? And got all of the answers there. And then I had, I went out and bought the, bought P3 and above level masks and found out how to get them. Even, even though there was now a national shortage, I had all, I had PPE and then I went and tested it. I, I was doing this before anyone was using masks. Right. And my own test results turned out this answer. It is literally impossible for a human being in normal life to maintain a level of um, hygiene that would beat an airborne vi aerosolized virus, which was pre which was highly prevalent, right? But if it wasn't airborne, it would it would be possible. But even then, even knowing what I was doing and trying hard, yeah. I couldn't maintain a level of certain um, hygiene. And, no, and we, what, we touch millions of surfaces. We touch millions of surfaces. A exactly, day. exactly, right. And 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 it's things it's things like your phone, your wallet, and your everything. keys, everything, right? and the inside of your car, right? Right. That basically means that you can't actually con consistently maintain something. It's so intensive. It's very difficult to do, right? What what it does, what it does, uh, Gator, and what it did is it creates people with It creates obsessive compulsive yeah. behavior. Yeah. 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 Right. So I just ditched it all. And I just went, fuck this, it's bollocks. Well, I'm and, with you. And, and, that, and, that you. and, that le and then I was already into looking at severity. And as soon as you realise that the IFR was, was nowhere near what it was, I just walked away from it and kept reading well, and reading Gator, and reading. And at, the beginning, scam, right? at, the, at, the, at the very beginning, I'm talking March and April of 2020, the very yeah. beginning, I, I was doing the same things. I was like, okay, let me, what the hell? I have a little OCD anyway. So I was like, all right, I'll wash, I'll wash my bags. I'll wash this food. I'll... And then I started thinking about it. See, once you get out of like the zombie mentality, you start thinking about it. You go, what the fuck am I doing? You go, what the fuck am I doing? This is, you know what this is? This is a ritual, which is the exact definition of OCD, ritualistic behavior. That's what OCD is. If I don't tap this desk three times, someone I know will die tomorrow. That's a ritualistic yeah, exactly. behavior. Yeah, yeah. It's voodoo. It's voodoo. Okay, yeah. it's like doing a rain dance. So after about a month, I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" And I just stopped yeah. doing it, you know. And but many people are still doing it. They're still doing it, Gator. Well, yeah, but I mean, what they what they're too stupid to realize is that for them to actually be worthwhile doing most of the things that we were told to do, this stuff would have to be probably like smallpox or possibly worse. I mean, what it wasn't, it never it was never smallpox and it was never anthrax, right? Ever. No one ever said it was. And so therefore you have to raise the question of like, I'm, I was genuinely, genuinely afraid initially of whether or not my mum might catch it. Okay. But she didn't. And um, she still hasn't actually. And, um, and I have no qualms about her catching it. If she did, I've got, you know, what I need to, and, and that's that. But this is the level of stupid, literally baked in stupidity in the Western human race, right? Now, where does it come from? Well, it comes from the quality of information that you're fed, which proves that most people are not fed high quality information and they're not using their own processing power to deal with it. They're fed from sources that you and I know are, are, are untrustworthy. But then you move and you provide, the, there is a control group, right? Inside the Western world of all the people who didn't take it. The question is, why didn't they take it? Okay, and why was this such 
high levels of pressure to get everyone to take it. Well, that's an eradication of a control group. That's not scientifically viable. If anything, you do not want to eradicate a control group under any circumstances, because if you're the government, you said we, we do have something wrong here. Right. You are on a risk management basis. You would say, to be honest, we don't want more than half the people in the country taking it, because if we've done something really wrong, we may have over medicated somebody anyway, all of our population anyway, and they're all in the same boat. So if something goes wrong, the entire population is going to cut, fall foul of the same problems. Well, we don't want that. We need half the population alive to service the police, the fire service and the NHS or whatever right. your health services are. Right? right. So even on a risk management basis, you wouldn't make everyone take it. But then you move and you compare the West to the global South stroke East and the poor countries of the world. And you go, hang on, how the fuck are poor people smarter than rich people? Oh, yeah. well, one, because they didn't get the shit because they were poor. And two, because they don't give a fuck about stuff like um, a made up vac a virus because they're too busy starving to death and basically trying to work out where the next meal's coming from to give a shit about getting forced to, to, to be injected. You look at footage from India and you see literally the level that that state went to in, in literally holding down children and forcibly injecting them. That's how insane that country got in their, in their ability to draconianly force people into this stuff, right? Now, the real question about how stupid the human race is, is what the human race allows to, ha for, to have done to them next. So yes. it's like being in yes. an abuse relationship. Are, right. you, are you actually going to stay in an abuse relationship? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Because people are fucked up and stupid, right? And uh, and people characterise the vaccine as an IQ test. I now believe it is an IQ test, or I'm happy to consider it an IQ test. The sad thing is, though, that you don't have to have a very high IQ to take power, control, or become rich. You just have to be prepared to do stuff all the time, right? And eventually some of that stuff sets you apart from the people who are higher IQ, not as nasty, not as greedy, not as driven, or or lazy or lazier right and eventually you will beat all of the smart people in the room if the smart people in the room aren't as driven as the stupid guy and that's where we're going yep. that's why yep. joe biden is where he is that's why we we get the government we deserve unfortunately we do and but many of us have to suffer along with the others right we have to suffer those of us who know better but what can we do suffer. about that we can't. We, we, we can we can we have to get our side, whatever side that is to win. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's the only thing we have. The only thing we can do is get is get our side to win. Work, work our asses off to get our side to win. That's all. That's all, And expose the others, the, the expose the others for what they are. I mean, what else? What else is there at this point? Right? Well, that's it. One of the things that I think is disturbing to me is is on calling seems to have accidentally become this kind of like haven of American leftists, right? All of the shows are roughly in that order. And then even the, the tiny number of people who use it for, for rooms are running around having these kind of left, left and extreme, well, by American standards, fairly extreme left conversations that just go around in a loop all the time. They're just constantly moaning about that's life. what I said. I said a lot of the shows on calling are basically just the left wing stroking themselves. Yeah, but what they don't do is come up with any practicals, right? And they also, they're obsessed with talking about really big picture, high levels of complexity um, stuff. So they'll moan about 
about the general state of government, right? And then they'll and the, and the general state of property ownership and stuff like this. And people will go, we need to eradicate private property. That's one. That's the primary focus of one talking group. Um, Sab Sabrina Sabi Sabs once calls for general strike, and then. I don't even know what Brianna Joy Gray wants to do other than talk about her opinions about other people's opinions about how bad the situation is, right? Now, the thing is, it's impossible. These people have not realised that it is impossible to get large numbers or even big numbers of people to do more than one thing ever. You, you cannot get a total re-engineering of the system to eradicate private property, right? using 150 million people most people yeah. won't have a fucking clue what you're talking about right so you would have to spend an, a disproportionate amount of time trying to explain the the underpinnings of marxism marxism leninism and communism defining what private property is and even then they'll turn around and say so what you want to take my house do you fuck off right you'll still end up in there with most people it's exactly the same thing as trying to convince anyone who's pro-COVID of the reasons why you might not want to take the vaccine because they'll just go, no, what? It works. Uh, and and my, my granny, you're trying to kill my granny. And that's it. That's the end of the, that's the job done. You'll spend hours trying to convince them of people, uh, those people of anything and showing them scientific paper after scientific paper and they will reject you. And the reason why they will reject you is, is well, you're not a doctor. Well, you're not a scientist. It's like, okay, but that's still not a reason to not look at these, the, 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 this research. It's the same thing. None of these people have got a major, single, unifying, practical thing to do. Even Sabi Sabs, he says, let's get a general strike. The question is, how the fuck are you going to organise a general strike across most of the USA and do it legally? You're not. You're not. And the, and the, and the reason why is because debt loading is too high in the citizenry and it's deliberately high. Because that debt loading, combined with being one paycheck away from destitution, is what stops people going on strike because they can't afford it. And it's been deliberately constructed like that. Yet nobody nobody actually talks about these things in these rooms and says, you know what, that's not a viable thing unless you build up a way for people to actually be able to do that. And if you want the poorest people in the country, all the ones providing, you know, the, the, the nursing... The, the, the railroad workers and all of these things, you want them all to go on strike, all of them, then you're talking about most of the poor people in the country and they can't do it, right? Unless you have planned in months in advance, right? And you convince them all years in advance. And and this is the thing. They, yeah. you know, I mean, I know they've got to start talking about it, but these are obvious things straight off the bat and they're not talking about the, the, the practicals and they're just lost in a, in a moaning thing, right? Now, if I was a politician surveilling all of this, I'd be laughing my tits off because I'd just be going, none of these people have any tactical strategic awareness. They don't know what they're doing. All these voices are just bemoaning stuff, but they, but there's no, there's no killers in here. There's no guerrillas. Uh, th th there's no one who's a tactical or strategic leader. Th th let them talk their faces off because, because that means that they don't pay attention to what I said to you last time I spoke to you, which is legislation. And we just keep turning the legislation. So now we know they want a general strike. Now we just change the legislation to basically eradicate the ability to strike when certain conditions are in force. Like, for example, two things. A, a, a claimed state of medical uh, ambiguity mm -hmm. and a claimed state of economic stress. Yeah. on a national level and right. then you just make those two things exist and then you go yep. now that means that if anyone goes on strike you're going to get jailed 
Yeah. Or you're going to be fined $10,000. You don't even need to go to jail. You just fine people $10,000, right? Because that will send people to jail when they become destitute. And that will stop a general strike. That's the kind of thing that no, none of these people can think of or talk about, right? But you could try and go into these environments and warn them and they, they attack you. So they, they, I mean, that's what I like about this show. You know, I think I have, I think I know everything. And you come on and tell me I know nothing. <laughs> well, no, no, I'd like that though. I like that you have, you bring a different angle to it. So what you're telling me is when you go on these other shows, they attack you for. Okay. What? I was, I was actually called uh, one of them. I said, I, they were talking about CIA, uh, black, black reparations. And I said, yeah, that's uh, how do you think you should do it? You know, cause I don't have a problem with the idea, but it depends on how you administer it. And I pointed out to them, I warned them, I said, if I was going to try to oppose you the way I would, I, I said to them, do you think it should come from government money or do you think it should come from corporations money or do you, or, or, and, or should it come from traceable private individuals who can be proven to have benefited from slavery? If we're just talking about slavery, because that's quite contained a black issue, right? Where you've got records, you've got a period of time, you've got descendants who you can roughly trace yeah, to right. a reasonable standard, right? Right, right. And and they said all of them defaulted to government money. And I said, right, good. I can now beat you if I want to, because if I was opposing you, I would tell the American population that if black reparation money comes from the public coffers, you've just socialized across everyone the, the cost of those reparations, the cost of slavery reparations. And that means that I can, by putting that message out, I can turn all of the people in the country who know that their family and their responsibilities and everything they've ever done in their lives had nothing to do with slavery, right? Can, I can politically turn them against you immediately yeah. because I'm saying, why should you pick up the bill? We should be doing a more thorough job, tracing down and chasing down the people who really did benefit from slavery and they should be the ones paying, not you guys. And once you start that argument, you've just delayed reparations for 10 years unless legislation eradicates we'll get into reparations right now i spoke i spoke about that a couple of days ago i'll speak about it again the future of san francisco wanting to give every black resident you know certain qualifications five million dollars yeah in yeah, yeah. That, in a state that's totally broke where the mayor just came out and said we're broke we can base we can barely we can barely pay for the the basic things but there's a lot of issues i mean reparations are ridiculous it's clown world shit in so many different ways but if you want to go towards reparations, there's so many there's so many more groups than blacks that could claim they need money. They deserve money. Um, my 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 fam my my people, the Italians and the Irish people who came to this country in the 20s and 30s built this country. We would the country would not exist if not for the Italian and Irish immigrants who actually built this country in the 20s and 30s. So shouldn't I get the money? Shouldn't my people get money for that mm -hmm. for making this country what it is now? For making this the wealthiest, strongest country in the world, it wasn't that way a hundred years ago. So, what, what is what is where's my money? Where's the money for the Italian Americans and the Irish Americans who who actually whose whose grandfathers and great grandfathers came here and actually with their hands built this country to what it is now? I want money for that. I yeah. want money, baby. Give me my money. So we can all a million groups can Native American. How about Native Americans? Where's their money? I mean, yeah, look, of course. But, it's, I mean, it's a never-ending cycle, it's, and it's idiotic, and it's never going to actually happen. This is another thing about those people you talk to. These things are never going to actually happen. They just like to yap about things that are never going to happen, you know? And it's, 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 it's a pointless conversation. It's totally pointless conversation. And it's also mostly unconstitutional.
what's up. They yeah, the Project Veritas. They hate the Constitution. Yeah, Project Veritas has just revealed a video of a guy who was basically working for this company called Teaching Lab. He's a PhD in education, aspects of education. And he's literally caught out on a date where he's admitting that he basically scams the entire, this, this, this company and him scams the education system by selling curricula which contain critical race theory. Okay, but it's just been relabeled and, and, and the language, uh, so it's not labeled crit CRT, is put under, it's sold under a banner of diversity, equality, and inclusion. And then they don't refer to critical race theory directly, even though they're teaching all the, all the principles yeah. inside it, right? And right. he's literally there saying, admitting that it's a complete scam, that what he's doing is dodgy. Doesn't this, what is, his words are unequivocal. And it's called Teaching Lab, but he's going, it's, a, it's Scam Lab. It's, a, it's, it's Scam Lab, like this, right? Now, what this shows is that, I mean, this guy is a black guy, okay? Um, and uh, from what I understand of the dynamic, uh, he's also gay, right? So he's, he, he ticks plenty of diversity boxes himself, right? Now, he is literally part of a, I think it's even a Gates-funded company, that it's related to Gates funding, that has gone from a not, nothing known profit into a hundred million dollar a year non-profit. But even he admits that inside the non-profit, that there's a clear mechanism for making profit, which under, which is all what, you know, that's the whole point of non-profits and charities is all charities are businesses. You just have to understand how their balance sheet works in order to work out how you extract money from a charity or a non-profit, right? Now, what I'm, what, what's the point of me saying this? It's simple. Even under the guise of something that might be morally potentially backable, you will always get extreme levels of system gaming okay, in yeah. everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's only a fool who believes that, that it's not worth looking and hunting that out, right? And yet, how many people have been indoctrinated? There are plenty of people who have bought into the idea of um, the kind of uh, equality, diversity and inclusion stuff that the government just wants you to believe, right? Right. So you so you take on board these things and you try to become a better citizen and you try to become, you know, more diverse and that's fine, right? But what was going on under the hood is far more insidious because it involves people gaming the system to extract wealth, but also people gaming the system to subvert the very thought process for their own agenda, which is to subvert um, diversity with critical race theory, which is now has been legally abandoned by many states like Georgia and Florida and others, right? right. So they're even willing to break the law. And, and this is, the, the, these are the things, the, this is why people like Veritas are important because they just show you how cynical you need to be and how, how aware of non-cynical people you need to be because in everything in life, if you assume competence in anyone, unless it's absolutely proven, you are making the false, the, a false assumption. And, you know, you should always look for people who are scamming you because they are. And this, right. this just proves it over and over again, and whether yeah. it's your politician or it's your boss. And now, you know, Gator, I can recommend one thing. Why don't you stop going into these rooms and beating your head against the wall? Do you like I that? Do, I don't bother anymore. It's pointless. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I hope you don't like that. That's like a kind of, you know, masochistic, isn't it? You know, going in no, there. No, I, 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 you know, I, I, 
curiosity got the better of me to some extent, but no, I don't waste my time. It's 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 just the the, the same loops. People people are on there day after day after day saying the same, literally the same thing, and they can't absorb new information. It's bizarre, right? Yes. They can't, well, we and then that. they and that then they get know. and they all just take it as personal yeah. attacks. When people other other people present them with new information, and say, well, what about this? They can't process it, and they just go up against each other, and it's descended into people. The the, the users is is pathetic. It's literally done. What 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 it's done? Calling has got a very small user base, and it's got a very small live room user base. It's tiny, right? It's it's tens to hunt to a hundred people, mm-hmm. and within within the period I've 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 been aware of calling and these rooms, they have descended into the same levels of interaction that you would get on Facebook, where people were slagging each other off on text, right? And then uh, okay. sliking. They're doing the same thing vocally to each other about each other to their faces and behind each other's faces but they're doing it on a medium that takes way longer to do it because they take they're speaking for hours and you're just going oh my god you've just you've just sucked yourself into the worst kind of life-wasting social media trap that ever existed and you don't even realize that that's how dumb people are so you know that's that's why i'm fairly misanthropic about it all and don't really engage with it anymore You'll always have a place here, Gator. We like you. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> here, here, your opinion is always welcome. Let's well, remember, remember me when you've progressed into the back into the big leagues, and I'll only yeah, I promise yeah, I'll course. keep it to five I minutes. Forget. I don't forget. I I'll keep it to five forget. minutes. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, don't blame me when I can only give you 30 seconds, but I'll give you the 30 exactly. seconds. <laughs> I just got to refine what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for calling. I appreciate Bye. it. All right. I, I really want to wrap the show up, but I'll give, I'll give Bill uh, the final word here. Bill, do you have uh, something you want to add? Yeah. Um, listen, I, I think it's kind of, what's the right word I can use? I think we have to be objective and look at with the ex, with the exponential growth of the human population and industrialization, the burning of petrochemicals, the destruction of old growth force. There's something called the sink effect, which is when you, when you're producing 50 gigatons or whatever they claim there is now of greenhouse gases, which far exceeds what was normally produced before the industrial revolution. revolution. Whether or not that's having a, to what degree it's having a, an effect on climate change, I think it is easily debatable and will never be known, especially when you have to add in the solar flares or the solar minimums and maximums, the volcanoes action, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, Mike, it's a little naive to think that that recent uh activity over the last several hundred years that had a net zero effect. Um, there's certainly enough studies out there between the U.S. War College report on climate change, the IPCC reports, you know, and Gator and I have gone back and forth about this. There's there's no way you're going to convince someone who b- believes in anthropological, pardon me, <laughs> just got a little indigestion, of, of you know, human cause of climate change, uh, you're not going to convince that person that there's, there's no effect by our activity. You're never going to converse someone like Gator otherwise. And my position is, well, you know, there's a middle ground I think we can meet at. And, and that is as uh, heating costs, energy costs increase, increasing efficiency, 
brings the house the cost down for your house, my house, whatever. Taking measures to do that to increase uh, mass transit efficiency, whatever we can do overall to help make this a healthier planet. Um, you know, and while we get into arguments and all of a sudden it's like, well, no, that has to do with habitat destruction. It's got nothing to do with climate change and how is this and that. And so you know, we can argue all day, but at the end of the day is everybody's going to make up their mind about how they feel about it. There's no reason, in my opinion, you know, what they see what happens between Gay and I is the way he talks, if you listen to him, is very, not only is it demonstrative, but it's actually insulting of someone with a more objective, balanced opinion. I don't have to agree with him, and he doesn't have to agree with me. And then, of course, it escalates, and I'm, have, I'm Italian, so I get into it with him, and then he just looks at me and says, you're completely irrational, and you don't know how to have a discussion. I'm like, bro, I'm not the one who started the fight. You know, if you talk to me with respect, Mike, you know that about me. I talk to people with respect. Well, and you know, he knows we're, all, we're all pretty sure of our opinions. Some, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously very confident of my opinions, you know, uh, but I, I always welcome a different uh, angle. But, you know, if someone's uh, – a different angle on, on, on what I'm saying is fine. I mean, but I'm very confident in my opinions. And if you're going to come on here and say, you know, we don't have anyone that does that. We have a few people now and then. But no one comes on this show and says masks are, are very effective. Everyone should be wearing masks. You know, the vaccines are very effective. They stop the spread. If you do shit like that, if you start saying shit that are obviously – it's obviously false. I'm going to call you on your bullshit. But, you know, I, I like – what I like – is I like the idea. Um, but let's see what Gator just said. Why is William talking about this like it's personal? What do you well, want to say? This is the thing. I'm not going to do this anymore with him because it always devolves into I'm the problem, so I don't need to go there. The bottom line is this. Mike, I'm pretty objective about most things and pretty rational. My degree is in resource economics. I, we've been studying this since the early 80s. And the bottom line is there's evidence of the slowing down of the, you know, Atlantic Meridian, no uh, overturning circulation system, what's called an underwater conveyor belt. There's evidence of U-shaped uh, uh, aberrations and, and yeah. the jet stream. There's right. evidence of polar vortex wobble. I mean, if you want to get technical, I could do that, Mike. No, no, no. But, but wait, wait. I think the, the biggest problem with the climate change whack jobs, like, uh, Greta and, and Gore is that they have called to the end of the world too many times and it hasn't happened. They go overboard. We can do the same thing with COVID. We can agree. Most of us will agree. Some might disagree. It's fine that there was a virus, okay? A new virus, a different virus, something other than the flu. But they went overboard with it through fear and hysteria, fear mongering, pointing fingers. And the same thing happens with all these climate change people. And the fact is, we could all take. We could we could all look at new ways, new energy, right? The future of energy. We could all look at that ways to make things better when it comes to how, how we process our energy, how we use energy, new, new, new kinds of ways of energy. That's all fine to talk about. But what's not fine to do is what these people do when they say things like electric cars by by 2030, no gas stoves in two years. It's ridiculous. And they keep on and they keep on coming up with more and more things they need to all of a sudden take away with no proof, with no facts, with no evidence that they pollute the environment enough where they should be taken away from people. And I'm not that, that person. No, I know you that. Know I, I know you're not. That. No, no, I'm not saying you are, Bill. 
But that's what bothers maybe people like Gator a lot. That's what bothers people like me. And they ruin it for everyone like you who brings a more logical perspective to the whole thing. They ruin it. They, they drown you out, Bill. They do. By saying and, – and what – and what do these things hurt? You, we are not at position now. We don't have enough knowledge. We're not at that future date where we can just all go to electric cars now, all get rid of gas stoves now, just use windmills and sun. We're not there yet. Technologically, we're not there, and only the richest people can afford to do that now. So who does it hurt when you say get an electric car, which costs an average of 70 grand? Who does it hurt? The people it usually hurts, Bill, the regular people, the poor people, the black and brown people. Get rid of, oh yeah, just get rid of that gas stove, put an electric stove. It only costs $17,000. Most people can't afford to do that, Bill. So this I'm is not how advocating. Wa- I'm not, I'm that's not how advocating wacky a lot of these people are. And when they keep on getting wackier, then it, it hurts your cause. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, well, I'm obviously not in that camp. You know that. You know, right, what, I, I know. what I've talked about in the past, what I've done in property I used to own, simple things that people, everybody can do that are very inexpensive that will reduce your own, if you have your own home. I, I'm not suggesting you're in that position, but people who are. Apartment, yeah. That will, yeah, I know. But for those who do have a home, and a lot of people across America do, I don't have my own home anymore. I used to. But what I'm saying is, lost that in divorce, Mike. Uh, anyway, but uh, separation, I'd say seven-year uh, common law, essentially. Um, what I'm trying to say is that what I've talked to Gator about is simple things that most people don't know about. Like most homes built have are not ad- the attics are not adequately vented at all, at all. So you don't get a, a, a heat exchange and a transfer of air through there. And so it's very simple things to do to improve that. That will reduce your overall energy costs. How about, how about how about don't have a private jet? Why do you need a private jet for? I don't fly in a private not, jet. Not I'm not advocating not, people not you. do. You know what I'm talking about. The same people yeah. who say I should not have a gas stove and an electric car fly in private jets all over the fucking place. Oh, out. I agree that the rich, the uber rich, obviously are shooting themselves in the foot by not setting any example that, I mean, they're, it's hypocritical to the nth degree. You're not going to get an argument with me on that at all. All I'm saying is, let's put it this way. Take a look at the energy costs most people are going to be dealing with now with this Ukraine manufactured war. That's a whole other thing that could have been totally avoided. And the supply chain shortages and this COVID fraud. And there's going to be more. Don't forget, there's the new... You know, uh, you know, the new ones are going to be rolled out. You know what I'm talking about? They're going to well, have and, new pandemics. Yeah, and, and, the biggest problem, more and the biggest problem, as I have said on this show, especially tonight many times, is that there's the hypocrisy of people like Al Gore who then fly out on a private jet, right? There's the hypocrisy of, of people in Hollywood who say these things about, you know, who have this Green New Deal agenda yet fly on private jets. Uh, there's the hypocrisy of someone like AOC talking about getting rid of gas stoves, then she has a gas stove. And she says, oh, and her, her, her excuse for having a gas stove is I rent. I mean, how fucking stupid are her followers? I rent and I have an electric stove. You don't have to have a gas stove for your rent. And if you go to a place that has a gas stove, you find the apartment that has an electric stove, if you believe in that so much. They're hypocrites, Bill. They're no, I'm not questioning that. <laughs> you know what? I'm not on that extreme. All, all I was trying to say is that you know, for people who have their own property, and I try and focus on that because a lot of people do, you know, just there's simple things that, that can improve a, a home efficiency that's existing by like 70% that are passive solar that don't even involve solar panels. 
And people can study that and make those inexpensive changes. And that will reduce their energy costs. And it may have some net effect, and, and, and there's no harm in it. In fact, it would benefit your purses, purse string at home. Now, the biggest problem with, if you're going to talk about uh, the, the biggest polluter, is our military. So we don't have any control over that. They, they produce over 50% of the uh, what are considered um, toxic toxins between air and water pollutants and burning of fuels and everything. And that's well established. But we're not going to stop that. So then, then you get down to, frankly, I think it's a top... 1% uh, use more as much more energy than the bottom 50%. Do you follow me? There's a hypocrisy right there of, uh, you know what I mean? The people who have money aren't blowing it on uh, air travel. Do you follow right. me? Right. And right. so, you know, it's really in the hands of, of the war machine, the military industrial congressional complex, and the people with money to really have an impact. You, you see what I mean? And then the rest can do what we can because, hey, if we reduce our energy costs, that's going to save money. We all want to do that when we don't have it to go around as they're squeezing it, you know, squeezing the right. freaking the rock. They're trying to get blood out of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the way I try and, and deal with things. But then we get into ideological arguments and we, we get into that. And I don't need to do that. You know, I've stopped doing that. Because it's, I'm Italian, and I if I if people like to argue, I grew up arguing. But don't you think <laughs> you know that? You're, you're Italian like I am, so don't you agree with reparations? Don't you agree with reparations? We deserve money because of our of our our, our, our great grandfathers, great grandparents. They built this country. Our people came here and they built it. They built it up from the ground up. Don't you think? Don't we? Don't we deserve for money? Don't we deserve it, Bill? Well. I, I, if you're trying to make an equivalency to the slave trade, I, you know, that's an ongoing battle. And then you got to go back to the American Indians and who deserves right. that's, like I said, I'm joking, of course, but I'm saying, you know, there is actually the ability. I know a lot of people forgot this over the last three years. There's the ability to go out and like get off your ass and get a job now. You know, no one's holding anyone back from going out and making the most of themselves in the year 2023. How about that idea? We just stop complaining. And we like that comedian said they saw a comedian in Britain. I'm sure Gator saw him, the one in, in Britain who was talking about wokeness and how the, the woke, especially the younger people these days, all they do is complain and complain and complain when they just be out there working and building and creating. And that's and I think that's a great statement. I mean, it really is. It's like the, the woke left likes to just complain about things and say and they're all snowflakes and how they're oppressed. I'm oppressed. I'm oppressed. Instead of just getting off their ass. Because it's easier to do that, really it is, than to go out there and actually continue to build this country like the Italian-Americans and the Irish did here in the 20s and 30s. Yeah, well, it's a little different scenario than when my grandpa and my dad, and we talked about that, you know, yesterday, uh, what homes cost and what the percentage of, of an income that would take. And it's a much different scenario today than then. Yeah. Uh, and there's other factors. Uh, but... Um, I don't know. We, we've talked a lot and we're going to keep talking. I know it's towards the end of the show. I appreciate right, you right, taking right. the call again. No and, problem. You know. I, I always appreciate your call. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Mike. Yeah. And, and I think we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a powwow. I didn't realize, I didn't realize there was this Bill Gator thing. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize like army Navy now. It's very exciting. No, I think, look, everyone brings a different perspective. And I think some, you know, people are very sure, um, uh, 
you know, the, very sure of themselves. And sometimes that can come across as, you know, certain ways to people. But I think uh, on this show, you're going to get the perspective you don't get in other, most of these other call-in shows, right? Like Gator said, there's too much of this ass-kissing of this circle jerk of, you know, just, and I've been there. I've been, I was part of it. I was part of that, you know, Bernie Krat thing where we just all said, yes, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right, yes, you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all complained about the same things, never got to any real answers or solutions. And then the guy who was the head of the whole thing totally sold out, you know, and and and, and left many of us just, uh, you know, basically in limbo, in political limbo. So, but this show is always going to be about the free and open exchange of ideas and opinions. I don't care if you're on the left. I don't care if you're on the right. I don't care if you're on the center. I don't care if you're very sure about your opinions. I don't care if you're not sure about your opinions. This is always the place where we're going to have all these different opinions. And uh, it's not going to become, you know, just this uh, group think where we all just second each other's ideas and never really get anywhere. But feel good about it because we're feel good about it because we're complaining. We're going to feel we're going to feel good about it because we're we're complaining. That's not that that's not going to work here. Um, the name of this show, though, is in Let's Be Heard, and it does air from Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Uh, if you're Gator or anyone else out there, we need more people from the UK Gator. You need to get some of your friends in, in your area to listen to the show. 7 a.m. begins at 7 a.m. Uh, in London. Um, and so I'll be back here tomorrow night, right, for a big, a big Friday night show. Politics. Friday night, as everyone knows, politics, politics, and some film reviews. Uh, I'm Mike Kachopoli, reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>